Talk Flagler Weekly News Update. Uh, my name is Chris Gollin. I am the uh, chief political and cultural writer for AskFlagler.com. We've got a great show this week for you guys. Um, we have a guest interview with Danielle Anderson, who you may know from Flagler News Weekly and the uh, Friends of A1A Scenic and Historic Coastal Byway Project. So stay tuned for a great interview with her. And uh, we're going to give you your news the same way we always do. We're going to do a weather forecast and then hop into the local news in categories of government and business, culture, and crime. So let's start off with the weather. Uh, This coming week, um, it's going to stay in the 80s. We are not quite in those 70s yet, as I'm sure many of you, like me, are very eager for us to get to that point. Um, From today, Monday through Friday, we're looking at a good chance of scattered thunderstorms with the... uh, Odds of precipitation hovering at about the 50% range for most of the week. Uh, Next weekend, it should be partly cloudy, but not as high a chance of rain. And temperatures should be in the low 80s as opposed to the mid to high 80s. You got to take those little small victories where you can get them when you live in Florida and you live in this heat. (laughs) So um, getting into the news and government and business, the Bunnell City Commission has tentatively set their millage rate to 7.4300 for the fiscal year 2021 and 2022. Um, This is still pending one final vote by the city commission, but the um, vote to put forth that rate did have a unanimous vote at uh, their meeting a week ago today, this past Monday. This would be an increase in the uh, property tax rate in the city of Bunnell. And the commission laid out a few reasons to uh, have the rate go up, namely uh, a structurally balanced general fund. Um, The city had approved a contract to purchase land on Commerce Parkway to put up a new city hall and police department headquarters. And thirdly, to address other repair and improvements needed to other city facilities. Mayor uh, Catherine Robinson uh, expanded upon the uh, having to raise the millage rate after the meeting. She said, quote, it's an unfortunate situation this year. We have to raise the millage, but it's necessary for being able to buy the property and build a new building. And had we not had to do that, we wouldn't have had to raise the millage rate. Furthermore, in government and business, um, Flagler Schools presented before the Flagler County Commission about impact fees this past week. At this meeting, you had representatives from the Flagler County School Board there to speak before the commission advocating for an approval to raise the impact fees, namely Superintendent Kathy Middlestadt got up to speak, as well as Board Chairman Trevor Tucker. Fellow school board member Jill Woolbright was also in attendance at the Government Services Building. Uh, Basically, what they want to do here is there is a law signed at the state level that... um, Local governments cannot increase impact fees by uh, more than 50% of the existing fee, barring, quote, extraordinary circumstances. So this is something that uh, when the schools, five schools wanted to raise the impact fees by over 50%, they had to make the case to the commission that such extraordinary circumstances were present. 
Patty Bott also spoke. She's Flag the School's coordinator of planning and intergovernmental relations, where she uh, laid out the case that these circumstances were present, uh, namely the uh, schools have not raised impact fees since 2004. And in that time, obviously, inflation has lowered the buying power of those impact fees. So uh, this is a, a highly contested uh, issue in Flagler County. You also have representatives of the uh, Home Builders Association get up to speak against these uh, potentially raised fees. Furthermore, in government, um, one of the most uh, other most contentious issues in Flagler County is Palm Coast's commercial vehicle law. Right now, it is uh, illegal to park your commercial vehicle in a residential driveway with all those logos of your business showing out. This is something residents have long pushed against, portions of the population, that is. Not everyone is for loosening up those rules. But the uh, new city council that was formed by Mayor David Alphon's election in July uh, is now taking up this issue. Um, they chose to not really put too much stock into the citizen engagement survey that was done this summer. Uh, because it was a poll posted on Pomka's website and not one done scientifically, you know, where you could potentially raise a more statistically reliable picture of residents' opinions on the matter. But uh, the council, after much deliberation, uh, decided that they will have their um, their final hearing on whether or not to loosen these rules on September 21st. 9 a.m., 160 Lake Avenue. Uh, anyone in the community who has strong feelings about this one way or the other will have the right to speak before the council for three minutes, make their case. So if you want to see these laws uh, loosened, park your commercial vehicle in your driveway, or if you're concerned about maybe property values going down if that happens, either way, you have the right to address your elected officials. At that September 21st vote, the council will uh, take a vote on whether or not to loosen the restrictions. And there will be a further vote on what to do to the restrictions if the council decides to loosen them. Moving into the culture portion of the news, we've only got one story in this one today, but it is a good one. The Flagler Beach Police Department is being flexible amidst the Delta variant. They're going to hold their annual trunk or treat event on October 23rd, and they're going to do it as a drive through so that way, uh, kids on the 23rd can come out and get a little early treat from the Flagler Beach Police Department and Fire Department. Uh, it will be in Wickline Park, which, if you don't know, is uh, down that little dirt road underneath the bridge. Kind of, um, if you so, if you go, if you come off Flagler Beach Bridge and you make that left and you go down there to that little fishing spot underneath the bridge, there is a little dirt road kind of in there that you will take in the Coquina dirt. There is a park back there. It's called Wickline Park. If you've never been there, it should be pretty easy to Google how to get there. But uh, the Flagler Beach Police Department is taking efforts to do this in a way that is COVID safe. Kids will remain in their parents' car, but there will be plenty of decorations for them to check out as they get their candy from their uh, local law enforcement communities. Quote from Flagler Beach Police Department Chief Matthew Doney. Children are the most vulnerable to the COVID virus right now, as there is no vaccine for children under the age of 12. We want the children of our community to celebrate Halloween in a manner that allows them to enjoy the spirit of the fall holiday and do so as safely as possible. Stay tuned in the episode. Uh, in my interview with Danielle Anderson, we talk a little bit more about good old Chief Matt Doney. In the crime portion of the news, we got a couple of big ones for you today. Uh, first up, Flagler Sheriff's Office recovered two stolen vehicles just hours apart in Flagler County. 
the incidents were completely unrelated, so it's just a little coincidence here. One of them was a Ford Fiesta stolen from California in early August, and it popped up in Flagler County at the uh, Red Roof Inn off Old Kings Road. And, um, of course, the uh, person who stole that car was taken to the Green Roof Inn. I cannot believe Rick Staley did not make that joke. The other one was stolen from Kissimmee. And uh, that one, uh, there was a high-risk traffic stop conducted at a Shell gas station in Flagler Beach. They did not specify which one, as there is more than one Shell in Flagler Beach. But the individual there was also arrested and taken for booking. Quote from Mick Staley, I want to thank our deputies for their amazing work on located two stolen, stolen vehicles in one night before these offenders could commit crimes in Flagler County. Both of these criminals were not from Flagler County. If you come into Flagler County with a stolen vehicle, we will find you and take you on a one-way ride to the Green Roof Inn in a vehicle that is not stolen. So Staley did mention the Green Roof Inn. He did not make the joke about the woman being caught at the Green Red Roof Inn. I'm, that is the one aspect of the situation I'm very disappointed in Staley in. The joke was right there. How could you miss that? <laughs> the other big crime story is uh, the armed robbery in GameStop in the Target uh, shopping center on state road 100. Um, that was, um, a deal that happened on Tuesday. There was, a a guy, what was he 15? Yeah, there was a, a teenager. Yeah. 15 year old Skylar Thomas came into the GameStop with a, uh, it was a fake gun. Wasn't a real one, but he did show it to the, uh, employee behind the counter and tell her to give him all the money in the drawer. Uh, Skyler Thomas was apprehended by law enforcement trying to walk back into the, uh, the flagger, the youth center over by flagger Palm coast high school. He was arrested. He said he wasn't trying to hurt anyone in the arrest, but nonetheless, he did commit what is considered an armed robbery, even with a fake firearm. There was a heavy law enforcement presence in the area when that happened, which tipped uh, quite a few people off, made them wonder what was going on. Luckily, nobody was hurt. And um, Sheriff Staley stressed the importance of trying to get this individual's life turned around before he becomes a career criminal. All right, that is your news roundup for this uh, this week. Stay tuned for my interview with Flagler News Weekly's Danielle Anderson. Danielle, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me, Chris. So hop right into it. What made you want to get into the business of local news? Well, I will tell you a little story then. Okay. So I worked in the hospitality industry for about 15 years. And I blew out my back a couple of discs and needed to do something different. And so I'm pretty good at sales. And I decided I will go and sell radio advertising. Hmm. So I was going to go down to Black Crow Media in Daytona. I didn't even know we had a radio station here in Flagler County. And I just happened to drive by and it said Flagler Broadcasting on a sign on 100. So I said, let me go in there and check these people out. You know, I'll apply there. So I met them. I met David Ayers. Uh, I met Ron, who was the news director at the time, who's since passed on. And they said, we'll find something for you. I filled out my application and they trained me on how to be a news reporter. Hmm. So it was really exciting. And that time I didn't know, it was about 2010. I did not know anybody in the community. Um, I'd lived here since 1999 when we built our home, but I'd never paid attention to politics. I'd never paid attention to local government. You know, I was always a Washington, D.C. national uh, that had my attention. And so I really quickly started to learn about local politics. I learned about our local governments, our school board, by covering every single one of the meetings, 
every month. And uh, it was exciting. And it was fast track. And I realized that this really was where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of had a similar like way of getting into it when I first started writing about local politics. Like I, I came into it not knowing anything about local government. I kind of had to like really do a quick crash course on how our, how the city council worked, the county commission, the school board. I've even gone to mosquito control meetings at this point because we have, <laughs> we have that government. That's like, like a government body too, because we're elected officials on there. Right. And um, some might argue the most important body when you live in this part of Florida. <laughs> so um, how did that, um, parlay into Flagler News Weekly getting started? So um, I did that for about a year and a half, almost two years, just doing hard news. And I realized, you know, you couldn't talk about any of the fluffy stuff. And then I went over and I did something else for about six months. And I realized Claire Metz pulled up one day to the place where I was working. And I ran outside and I started talking to her. She runs uh, the, the local news for Volusia Flagler on West two news NBC station. Mm-hmm. And she's always been like somebody I watched on TV and she pulled up and I ran outside and I said, Oh, I just want to do what you're doing. And so, uh, you know, it got me back into it. And a friend of mine, he was working over at the news tribune and he said, Hey, you've got a spot if you want to come and do some writing. And I did that for about eight years. And so, uh, in January I opened up Flagler news weekly and started working and telling the stories that I wanted to tell. You know, I was able to broaden, you know, before, because I'd involved with local politics, I couldn't really talk about politics. And so owning my own news station gave me the opportunity to talk about anything and everything I wanted to cover. And it's been a roller coaster and it's a lot of work, but it's really fabulous. And thanks to you guys. We're not the, we're not the new, the new kids in town anymore. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, I've always been a big fan of the uh, the News Tribune. They've been one of my favorite local news websites to um, you know kind of like see see what I'm missing when I'm you know doing my my own coverage for Ask Flagler. It's like they're one of the ones I, I look at, and they I think have always done a great job as long as I've read them. One of my, one of my favorites. So shout out to the News Tribune for sure. Well, the cool thing is it's the oldest news of record here in Flagler County. I thought so, and yeah. it's still going. So you know that that really says a lot about the quality of people that have worked there and the journalists who've been a part of it over the a hundred years. Yes. Has it been a hundred years? <laughs> it's been over a hundred years. Wow. Do you know what year exactly they started? I want to say it was 17, but it may even be earlier than Whoa. that. And they were Flagler County back then. Yeah. It, well, it was already, I believe it was already established when Flagler County was formally uh, formed. Mm-hmm. So it was already running. It might've been St. John's Tribune, but it's, you know, it's been around over a hundred years, so it's and, pretty incredible. And that was like when Flagler County was pretty much just like Benel, right? Yeah. And they, there was no, no Palm Coast yet, no Flagler Beach. That's like that little area <laughs> on Benel where Moody Boulevard and US1 intersect was kind of like Flagler County for a little bit. For and a long time. That was it. That, and I was so shocked to learn that. Like when I started looking at our historical society, at their the stuff they share, it's like that was... It was a little tiny little small town, like on the on the road between Daytona Beach and St. Augustine, and that was the whole of it. And like look at how much it's grown since then. Even since I moved here in 2004, it's like absolutely shot up so much in this area, especially in Palm Coast, that was like not there at all. Like I remember when there was one Publix. That's <laughs> that's my once upon a time. There was the Halifax Publix, and that was it. And every other one in Flagler County has like gone up since then. 
It's incredible. You know, if, if you go back and look at some of that history and you look at those old buildings and then you see the Flagler County Historical Society working diligently to preserve those old buildings, you realize what a treasure we actually have here. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's incredible to still have those original buildings and some of those older families still here locally. We're, we're really lucky, number one, that we have people that are invested in our history as a county that are, are like making the effort to preserve that, to be able to pass it along. But uh, there, there's a lot of, of historical aspects of Flagler County that people don't like. People don't know about. People haven't taken the time to appreciate, especially in Monell. Like I, until I started writing for Ask Flagler, I had no idea how much history there was just, you know, on the other side of the train tracks over there. Because it's the oldest area, there's so many buildings and businesses that have been around for an eternity that uh, that's something anyone who lives in Flagler County should like make an effort to check that out and, and educate themselves because it's really cool. But what's really neat about that is it's actually right there at the crossroads. It's called Heritage Crossroads, Miles of History, and it's a Florida Scenic Highway. So, hmm. you know, Flagler County is home to two Florida Scenic Highways and National Scenic Byways. So that's, you know, one spans A1A and then the other one is on the other side. So, you know, in between those two scenic highways is all of Flagler County. And I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up. So my next question was going to be about <laughs> you're uh, involved in Friends of A1A Scenic and Historic Coastal Byway. So what is that project? What do you do and how did it get started? So say that 10 times fast, you'll be dizzy. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a year and a half to get that straight, you know, to, to get the order of the lines right. So I'm the executive director for them. It's actually called Program Byway Program Administrator. But I started out in 2013 with the organization um, at the federal level, it was, it's under the U S department of transportation. Mm-hmm. And so scenic state scenic highways get designated at the federal level and there was funding for it for many years. And then the funding got cut out of that program. And so the people who had done projects that were funded uh, now had to go out and start fundraising. Some of them decided it was, you know, a little more than they wanted to take on. So the board recruited some new people and I was one of them. Mm-hmm. And I started out as a secretary uh, first two years and then I was a president. And so what it is, it's preserving, protecting, promoting and enhancing the A1A scenic coastal corridor. 72 miles between Flagler County and St. John's starts at the Flagler Beach line in the south uh, and goes all the way up to the Duval line at Jacksonville. Oh, wow. It's pretty awesome. And it encompasses the nation's oldest city which is just absolutely incredible. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's such a diverse 72 mile stretch that it's, it just is. It's awesome. It, it's <laughs> one of my, it's one of my favorite places to drive. Like I used to be a pizza delivery driver and the one time when that job was the best is when I had to go to like Flagler beach, I just roll the windows down, especially <laughs> like the late afternoon. It's like, Oh my gosh. Like I could be doing anything just being able to do that. And it was, uh, just incredible. So what are like some of your favorite stretches on that road? Dude, my all-time favorite is the Matanzas Inlet. Like, mm. I don't care how bad my day is. If I go over, as soon as I hit Matanzas Inlet, I take off my sunglasses and just like absorb it. It's it's this instant mood boost. It's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing is, is we were getting our All-American Road designation application together uh, last year. And when we did it, I did some research and I didn't know that Matanzas Inlet was the scene of this like horrific massacre, you know, back in like, 
Really? Yes. I, know, I know Matanzas translates to like slaughter or something, but I what? What I was this? No idea. Yeah. So like the um, the Spaniards, they had all these French guys, who, French folks, who came over on the ship, and they, it's not funny, but it's true. Um, yeah. And they were all slaughtered by them, and, oh and that, it was at that place, you know. So it's this beautiful place, but it's this scene of like horrific death. What year was this? Like 1700s? I want to see the 16s. Really? So look at look. You got the website up. Let's I do, pull it up. I do here. I'm on. I got the website pulled up here. Where should I go? History? Yeah, look there. Okay. So if you haven't seen it, um, it's www.scenica18.org. You can take a look. All kinds of amazing history, and the the history on there was actually written by Dana St. Clair. Uh, he's he's a noted archaeologist and historian and um you know it, it's some really great information i'm in let's see here we're googling on the podcast i'm in the spanish era on history and lore am i in the right place am i getting close um let's see i'm reading it am i in the right spot i google here like for french search the page the french to threat this course included induced the French to threaten shipping, which in turn compelled the Spanish to found, fortify, and settle St. Augustine in 1565. So it's after that. But it's... Okay. I'm going to go like Matanzas. I'm going to find that in there. Okay, Matanzas. A prime example is the inlet leading into Matanzas Bay in present-day St. Augustine. Is that... Am I getting close? I think so. The St. Augustine site had two other attributes as well. The easterly trade winds and the course of the Gulf Stream forced Spanish ships, homeward bound and laden with gold, to sail close to the coast until about the latitude of present-day Jacksonville. At that point, they would catch the westerly trades and head northeast across the Atlantic. This course induced the French to... That there you go. And then it talks about the French there. I'm looking for the massacre here. I'm sure I'm just like failing at reading here to find <laughs> it. I'm supposed to know this inside and outward, but it just was such a, um, it was a bizarre thing to read. And I was like, wow. It was like my favorite place in the whole, pretty much the whole world. Is that the literal translation of, of Matanzas? Is it massacre? Or is yeah. it slaughter? It's or massacre like or slaughter, that? one of the two. I always thought that referred to how FPC massacres Matanzas in the football game every year. Well, <laughs> that and the band. I mean, come on, you know what's up? Yeah. So there goes half our audience. No, they're probably like, "All right, we're coming back." Yeah, I'm but, like, no, it's true. Yeah, maybe you can put a link to it on there. You can check it out. But well, you know what? Maybe we don't have to get the whole thing out here today. We want to get people looking at this website, looking for it on there, because that sounds so interesting. I'm going to be on this website after this because I want to know what the heck happened. Kansas <laughs> Inlet, like, is it haunted or something? Oh my that gosh. many people were were killed. That no. sounds like a great. I can't believe the St. Augustine people have not set up a haunted tour on that by now. There is all kinds of haunted stuff there, but you know, it's kind of funny you say that. Is that um, our District Five Scenic Highway Coordinator just did our one of our virtual workshops two days ago. And I do a magazine, it's digital, I just launched it called Top Shelf Florida Quarterly. And one of the things I wanted for the October issue was to identify some spooky places along Florida's 27 scenic highways. Mm. Well, Claudia pops on with her thing and she um, closes out with something fun every time she does a virtual workshop. And it's Claudia's top 10. What was top 10 spooky haunts for uh, the district? So, of course, A1A came in first with the lighthouse. Oh, which of course. Was super awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that'll be in the Top Shelf Florida Quarterly, August or October issue. 
Are there any other like haunted places in that area? There were 10 of them. It was great. I can't give all of them away. You're going to have to read the magazine check mm. them out. But she did give me permission to use it. So thank you, Claudia. You're amazing. Very nice. <laughs> I can see it maybe like the Malacombra area coming up US1 like before Marineland. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Where the archaeolo- archaeological... Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, like maybe. Anywhere you got like some real real ancient history. No, like actually... I can, for, I can okay. see it. So I'll give you a, a hint. Flagler, it was Bulow. Really? The plantation. There was oh. some, some haunted stuff there too, which no was cool. No kidding. I could see that. Yeah. I've been to Bulow a bunch of times and I've never like thought to look for like, I don't know, like that sort of like haunted thing in there. Like I've never been like so, it's like I, I visited some haunted places, but I'm always like the guy going in there like, this isn't really, this isn't really haunted, but they're so interesting. Well, the one in the St. Augustine at the lighthouse, it was about the, uh, the lightkeeper's daughter's drowning. And they're ghosts. I had never heard of it either. So, um, yeah. His daughter drowned there? I think there were two girls and there was somebody else with them and they all drowned. Oh. Yeah. So that was the number one spooky haunt for um, our district. I haven't been to the lighthouse since like I lived in St. Augustine, which was like over 17 years ago. Wow. So So I haven't been up there in forever. How did you get here? To Palm Coast or Besides like, you know, the store dropping you off and stuff. (laughs) Um. Well, I mean, I, I was taken to Florida with my parents before I like, like I was like three when we moved to St. Augustine, six when we moved to Palm Coast. So in both cases, it was like before I really had a, a say in the matter, but uh, not that I'm like here against my will or anything like this, <laughs> like this, I don't want to like make it like that, but um, I didn't like, you know, pick it, pick it out myself. But um, I, of course, came to love uh, living around here once I, as I kind of grew up around here. I do sort of miss San Diego, though, hence the Padres hat that I'm wearing right now. So did you live out there? Until I was, like, three. So I didn't really, like, get too entrenched in it, but I have been back. So I am I am a little familiar with the area. So is that where you're from, San Diego? Yeah. You were born there? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's 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 a great place to live. Um, the weather is amazing. There's a lot of great people that live around there. The culture is really cool. If you're like me and you like to surf, it's great for that. Uh, best zoo in the United States, San Diego, for sure. Oh yeah, it definitely is. And um, yeah, it's like, it's like California has its pros and cons. Like it's obviously it costs like a million dollars a year to live out there, but still like I, I love it and I want to go back one day to visit in the near future, but definitely miss San Diego. That's really cool. You ever been out there before? Um, no, I've been to Santa Monica. We went on to LA. Like, yeah. Like LA. Yeah. yeah we went there. Um, because you like the Chinese theater and all that fun oh, stuff. It was yeah. really cool. Like Madonna's house was in the distance. It was this really crazy weird thing, mm-hmm. but you know, that was about it. So tell me a little bit about growing up here. I mean, you're kind of an enigma. I'm an enigma. Yeah. How am I an enigma? Well, I mean, you kind of like just kind of low key hang out and come do some stuff. That's and, true. Um, I mean, what was it like growing up here for you? I was pretty normal. Like I went to Bunnell Elementary and Rimfire for one year. Mm-hmm. I went to Buddy Taylor Middle School and Flagler Pump Coast High School. Uh, I went to DSC on the Flagler campus for a little bit. Didn't have, didn't end up getting my AA. So I I'm like sub degree, whatever you'd call that. Um, but yeah, like I I've lived here like say since 2004. Um, I grew up with my dad. Always took me to some of these amazing places. Like he showed me Princess Place Preserve. Uh, Washington Oaks. Is that St. John's County, Washington? No, that's Oaks? on that's in uh, Flagler on A1A. Okay, I thought so, but I, it's like it's close. 
Um, I went to Marineland when it was still like a whole big attraction nice. to compete with SeaWorld almost. And now like it's since kind of been whittled down a little bit. I remember when the pier was a heck of a lot longer than it was. Hurricane after hurricane kept chopping the toes off of the Flagler Beach Pier. Um, what else did I, I do? Like I, I played police athletic league as a kid around here and Pompco's little league. Um, and yeah, it's just like, I've seen the community grow as much as it has in the last almost 20 years. And I still know people that I met like in first grade. So it's like, it's, it's a small enough community where you can stay close to people like that, but it's big enough where it kind of keeps you on your toes and new things come up and it stays interesting. So what do you think was the best thing about growing up here? I was going to ask you that question later. You're stealing my questions. Um, <laughs> that's, uh, that's a, that is a good question though. Um, I, I want to go broad and just say Flagler Beach has been the best thing. Like it's such, like I never get sick of, of hanging out in that town. It's, it's small. It's never, it can get crowded, but it's never like obnoxiously crowded. Right. Like it, it's never so bad where you can't find a little space on the beach somewhere where you're not like breathing on someone. Um, there's so many little shops and stores there that you have to actually like get out and walk and look at. Um, there's these little coffee shops. I love the Flagler Tea Company. They're really good. Um, the museum there is one of my favorite things to go look at in all of Flagler County, the Flagler beach museum, which is like connected to their city hall. And it is, there's so much, like I say, there's just so much history in there that people have no idea about. There's stuff from like the, the rocket launches is in there. There's like some really old surfboards all the way back to like a, a mastodon tusk is in there. <laughs> it's so, it's so neat. And I lived here for so many years before I first went in there. And when I did it like blew my mind. And it's just another thing where it's like, if you work at it in Flagler County, you find more than you would ever dream is here. And so that would be, but yeah, like Flagler Beach, especially being such like a, a haven of that is probably my favorite thing about Flagler County. So would you raise your own kids here? That's a, hopefully a long ways away. But Well, no, seriously though, you know, I mean, you because you're still at that age where you've just kind of emerged from that. I mean, I would, yeah. I don't see it as a bad place to do that at all. It was good for me. So I think I think it's still still a pretty good spot moving to the near future, right? Right. Yeah, so I, I, I think so. Good. But yeah, so Flagler Beach is really, really just a, a gem of the community. And I hope it doesn't get too crowded, though. I hope, I hope too many people will figure it out. I think the city's doing a great job of kind of managing that development and yeah. really kind of keeping it contained in a way that is authentic. Yeah. They don't want to grow too terribly much. I don't think, which is a good thing for that kind of, that kind of town. Well, I remember when I first started covering news and going to their city commission meetings, it would last, you know, one of them until one o'clock in the morning. Um, You know, they were, it was really difficult to get a business started in Flagler beach, you know, from the outside. And now they've really kind of embraced that new entrepreneur Mm-hmm. But it's in a way that's that's still like mom and pop, yeah. Know? And that's something you can really appreciate about that. There aren't, yeah, there aren't too many really big dominant chains in Flagler Beach. Mm-mm. Like, I mean, there's Seven Eleven, but that's owned as a franchise. Right. Um, I, I'm struggling to even think of like a, one other chain there's in not. the whole city. There, yeah, there pretty much aren't any. Mm-mm. 
Is there's there another Funky Pelican location, or is that it? No, that's actually a, there's a River Grill in Ormond Beach. It's owned by the same people. Oh, okay. Uh, but it's it's still you know a person, not just a big company. Yeah, there you go. I remember, you know what I miss is that one. Remember that Italian place, kind of near that that gift shop, right on A one A, with that green canvas on it, or, or awning. I mean, was it a pizza place? I think oh, it was, I think no, it was no, like no, pizza no. primarily, but they did like Italian food. It's um, it's not Terranova's. It's um, no, that's banal. They're um, there, they're still there. I think they just changed the name, didn't they? I thought there was something else for a little bit though. I thought there was like a burger place for a minute, and then it might. I think it might have changed back to Italian. But I didn't know if it was the same people. It's not Rosado. It's um, that sounds closer to it, though. I think those might be the owners. It was like, and it's like right near that old abandoned Bank of America. Yeah, like right there. I I don't know. I I've eaten there like once, and it was really good. That was back before it became a burger place for a minute. I don't remember it being a burger place. That's weird. I could have sworn it was. Maybe someone could could point me out on this. If you're listening, if I'm just completely wrong about that, <laughs> but um, also Giuseppe's used to be so good before Bane's Barbecue on that little corner. That and they went out, yeah, they went out. And then there was a barbecue, and then they went out of business too. And then there was, I don't know what's there now, off the top of my head. You know where I'm talking about? I do, right there on the corner. It's, I think it's owned by the Terranovas people. Really? I think so. The Terranova family. I think I know so. a couple people in that family that were like my age went to school. Huh. I think that it was. It used to be, I believe it used to be theirs. Well, Giuseppe's was really good. And I think they just like poofed out of existence. I don't think they moved. There's still some other good ones though. Like that one, what's the one across the street from that? Oh my gosh. That we get pizza, pizza from there all the time. Yeah, what's it called? What's it called? Um, hold on. I have it in my phone. <laughs> yeah. Go- Google that because this place for anyone who's listening is amazing. We did a poll like a year ago on Ask Flagler for like, what's the best pizza place in Flagler County? And I think they came in pretty high. It's Giovanni's Pizza. Giovanni's. There you go. They are in my phone because we love those guys. They are one of my favorite. Are they your favorite like non-chain pizza place around here? Yeah. We always call them number one. It's really inexpensive and it's not greasy. It's not gross. And they have great Greek salads too. I've never had the Greek salad. Yeah. I always get that. Yeah. They're, they're great. Um, I love, what is it? Rockies over by Sally's ice cream. Yeah. yeah. That one's really, really good. And they have some great deals too. Like $5 can get you a couple slices and like a drink. Um, have you been in Surfside Shakes? Surfside Shakes? That's another tongue twister here. No, never uh, there. it's open by the girlings. It's right there behind their travel agency. And oh, they okay. have this gourmet ice cream that is to die for. I mean, I we know of them. So good. Yeah, I know. I definitely know who they are. Um, and Ruben and Faro either. Oh my gosh, their pizza is awesome. Their pizza is awesome. Oh my goodness, yes. They what have this of- one that's like a it's um sausage, potato, and rosemary. Mm. It is delicious. Wow. You see, I I'm so behind the curve with some of these places. Like next time I go eat in Flagler Beach, I need to like not like I, I I go to the Golden Lion every time, and I'm not nothing against the Golden Lion because there's a reason they go there every time. But I need to branch out a little bit some of these other ones because I need I need to have been in Faro by now. I know it's been like one of the restaurants ever since it opened up. I have been in Vessel, if you know that one. Kinda, too. That yeah. one over there by Esposito Real Estate. Mm-hmm. In I don't know what you'd call that little area that there. Pink building. <laughs> yeah, that, that big pink building. Yeah. That two-story, which everyone now immediately knows what I'm talking about if you live in Flagler Beach. Mm-hmm. But their sandwiches are really good. Um 
I've actually known the people who started up Yes Coffee like forever. Mike and Rachel, they um, they built that place up. And that's actually out of the church that I go to. Oh, really? Where do you go? Coastal Family Church. Where's that? It's right. It's like, if you know where Yes Coffee is, it's the same building. It's on 6th Street South. Oh, I didn't know there was a church there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a really like laid back one. The pastors came from South Africa to plant the, the church there. And they're really wow. great. Rod and Val. And then, yeah, Mike and Rachel and their their friend, Doug, who isn't with it anymore. He's in South Carolina. They had, like, the vision to start that coffee shop there. And they were, like, hardcore about their coffee. Like, they, <laughs> like, especially Mike. He's, like, a coffee perfectionist. Right. And so I actually, like, a couple of days I helped them, like, tear up that old industrial kitchen that it used to be and transform it into that. Because, like, you wouldn't have believed how, like – because it was the disabled veterans building before it was even – the church bought it from them. It used to be a shared space. Then they bought it, and their their old kitchen was still there. Tore it up, turned it into ES coffee, and it's completely unrecognizable in the best way since that. And their coffee is the best coffee I've ever had. It's the only coffee in the world I would drink black. Ooh. Like, I hate black coffee in general, but theirs <laughs> is so good. Like, you don't want to nuke it with cream and sugar. You want to taste just how good it is. Oh, no. I am like, dump the bag of sugar in. Mm, don't not. I'm the same the way. <laughs> I'm the same way, but you got to give it a chance. I'll check them out. That's pretty cool. You can always get, get it black, have a drink. And then if you, if you absolutely need to, you can put some cream and sugar in there. But I had a black one day and it's just, it, they make black coffee somehow not like taste like dirt, <laughs> which is how it tastes to me. Like I prefer it black from them, which is crazy. And they have an amazing like staff there now. Some of the, the people they've hired, great little atmosphere that they play music in. There's like a gaping side of it where it's just the church with all the lights off, but like that's not really that bad. So do they have like not t- tables and picnic things where you can sit around and just kind of hang out? Yeah, they have a few tables set up. Um, they have a couple chairs up at like the counter where you can go and. Yeah, it's like you go in there and it's like you go in there once and you kind of get to know the people, the people that work there. It becomes like some like somewhere you drop in to have coffee, but also just like talk to the people that you know. Did you have you tried out the Sunshine Crepes place yet? Crepes? I don't know if I've ever even had crepes. Oh, my gosh. What is a crepe? Number one. It's like this French thing. It's sort of like a skinny little pancake. But they, they make this stuff where they put like, a, it's like a surfer's breakfast where they cram all this like meat and good stuff inside of there and it's delicious. And then you get this like tea, but it has these little tiny exploding balls inside of it. Like the boba. What? Have you had one of those? No. My kid knew what it was, right? And I didn't. So I said, let's go try one. Exploding like pop rocks? They were amazing. These They're circular, but they're, they're <laughs> you would imagine them to be like, you know, when you have bath oils and they're in the little... Like a bath bomb? Sort of, yeah. But they're not. They're they're edible. And they're delicious. Oh. It's really cool. What are they? They're like, like little little balls of like flavor stuff. Huh. No, I've never had that. You got to check it out. It's really cool. So it's right there by uh, the taco shop. It's right behind the taco like shop. The Burrito Works? It's right over there? Yeah. So it's oh. um, it's owned by the same family who owns the Waffle Cone. Okay, and another Waffle Swiller, Cone. And bought Swiller Bees. They bought Swiller Bees? Mm-hmm. Oh, is that what happened yeah. to them? Because I saw they're, they were going through something for a minute there. Yeah, they bought Swiller Bees. So basically, I mean, they're running like all the good yummy food stuff over in Flagler Beach now. Mm. Now, uh, Swiller Bees, they have another location. They have one in St. Augustine. Not anymore? 
Oh, I haven't been out there in a while. <laughs> yeah, she, she had one up there for a while, and then um, they closed down, so she down it. But, I mean, Swillerbees is, like, world famous for their donuts. They're amazing. Of course, yeah. I love their – the one thing I always get there is their Asiago bagel, toasted and buttered. Mm. That is good. That is a good way to start the morning. <laughs> we go get the bee stings. Have you ever had those? Mm-mm. They're, like, on a stick, and it's these donut things, like, delicious – it's not like donuts on a stick. Yeah. But huh. there's something, they're just light and, and fluffy and, and delicious. Are they back open again now? They are. Yeah. Yes. Cause I kept going there and they were closed. Huh. Maybe they were on like a little vacation. I think maybe, I, I assume maybe that was in like the transition period of new ownership. Perhaps yeah, they were like really doing something in there. It was about two or three months ago. I thought that was longer ago than that. I feel like I, I got to it closed enough where I kind of like stopped going for a minute. But if it's open again, I want to go back. They're open. Good. Ready to serve. (laughs) Good, good, good to know. Um, So I think we have, like, basically fine-tuned, like, covered everybody's, their menu in town, right? I don't want to leave anybody out. You know who I love? Um, I don't think they have a physical location. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Nona's Table. Oh, I don't know. I know they handcraft pasta. Like, they hand make it from scratch. It's so good. They're That's so the guy who's it. the retired like police officer or fire. Is it? I don't know much about the people. I think so. I, I think I um, interviewed him one time at one of the chili cookoffs. Oh, okay. Like yeah. I met them. I don't. I never like. I didn't ask them too much about like their history, though. If it's the same folks, I think he's he's some way related to law enforcement because mm-hmm. they were um, they were at the Guns and Hoses event for the the women's club. Yeah, like a few years ago. Do they cater it? No, they were competing. Oh. Yeah, it was yeah, the oh. firefighters and law enforcement were competing in the chili cook-off. Ooh. Yeah, and judges? I think he was there. Who was the judge? The people. The people put the tickets oh. in. Ooh, interesting. So, they, like, everyone got some? Yeah, everybody gets a know. sample and they put the tickets in. And I didn't even know they did this. Speaking of which, though. Do you, you live know, here? Yes, I do live <laughs> here, actually. Speaking of which, though, you know what else is great about Fiber Beach? What's that? Is, I hope this, this better not be, like, a controversial opinion. But I love Matt Doney, the police chief. He's such a great dude. He is amazing. He's like one of the bad, like the gems of law enforcement. And I hope if the time ever came where, I don't know, I don't think Rick Staley is ever going to be term limited, but if he ever moved on to other things. I would like hope. running for Congress? Oh, just going to come out and say it? Down the road. <laughs> Maybe. He might. And that's if Michael Waltz moves on to other things. But Governor. <laughs> without getting too far down that line, if um, if the flag of sheriff position ever like opened up again, I would hope Matt Doney would run. He'd be there's a there's a lot of great choices in our law enforcement. And I think he would be one of them for sure. I don't know. He's such a great Flagler Beach is such a great fit for him. You know, it is, and that's always like the trade off is if someone moves up to something, you lose them where they were. Like if Rick Staley ran for Congress, he'd lose him in the flag of sheriff's office. Yeah, but if he was replaced by somebody like Matt, I think he'd be great. You know, the cool thing about Matt is, you know, he really cares. Yes. And you can see it. It just radiates through everything he does. You know, I attended a a Black Lives Matter march really, really early on after it happened. That was when, like, that was still at the point where, like, everyone was going. Like, it didn't matter what you believed. Everyone was, like, at these and supporting it. And it was from Wadsworth Park to Veterans Park. So across the bridge. And the Flagler Beach Police Department and how they handled that were class acts. Like they knew, they understood a lot of people were mad at police in general. 
and they didn't like they did everything they could to keep it safe and facilitate it. If people were driving up and heckling the march, they were like moving those people on their way. Absolutely phenomenal job with that. I think they like a lot of people who were justifiably angry at police at that moment in time were very impressed to see that. It's like setting a good example for how like a city police force should be run. I was, I, I was really impressed by it. You know, they, if you look at law enforcement across the nation and they'll tell you like 98% of them are the good guys. You know, mm-hmm. there might be that one bad apple you know, that, that causes something like that to come to the forefront. And that's what's really sad is then all of the good guys get painted with that brush. And that's, yeah, and that's the best way they figure out the best way to combat that is just keep being great and just keep setting that example. Well, that, you know, Flagler County is one of those places where all the law enforcement has actively tried to be connected to the community mm-hmm. and really cultivate those relationships, you know, with everyone. And that's, that's a huge win for them. And for us, I think, because, you know, people feel like they can trust them and they can go to them when there is a problem. Did you see they're doing that trunk or treat thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do did, did you get Matt's press? Stuff? I do. And, mm-hmm. in, you know, in the past years, he's done cool things like rock painting for the community and things mm-hmm. like that. You know, it's, it's his team mm-hmm. that, that wants to, to build those relationships. Yeah, like proactively getting to know the community. And that way, you know, it's like you're never in that. And when you are in a touch and go situation like last summer, you're not in you're not having to go about that in a situation where the police don't like know their citizens. Yes. And they're that's not strangers. It makes, yeah, it makes tension way easier to happen when it is that way. I think that's probably why some big cities experienced it worse is because it's so much harder for the police to connect in that way. It's like just because of the structure of it. And so it's just not like that in a small town. They've done such an amazing job of being like more than just enforcing the law. You know, but now it's the same way you've got, um, The chief of Benel Police. Hang on, hang on, because I don't know. It's here. Tom Foster. There you go. Yeah, okay, chief I was blank- I was blanking on his name too. Yeah. I did. I knew it, but I couldn't think of it because he's so low key, you know. But he's he's like yeah, that's true. Awesome. That's true. It's like police is a kind of thing where it's like if you don't know the the chief's name, that might be a good thing. <laughs> no, but he's he's a cool guy, you know. I mean, he's. I think we have some really great law enforcement people leading law enforcement here. Mm-hmm. We do, and it's like even like um, Larry Jones guy who has he's ran for sheriff a couple of times now but it's like it's like even though he runs number one against rick staley and number one again as as a democrat which are two things that typically turn people off in flagler county i've never heard of a soul that dislikes him because he's such a sweet man who i mean he was a sergeant he was in law enforcement for 30 years you can't question how much he's dedicated to that world and you know it's we have we have an excess of great people in law enforcement in Flagler County. Right? <laughs> and it's such an amazing problem to have. Like the sheriff election is usually going to be a, a good or better deal, a win-win as opposed to like lesser of two evils vote. And that's something we should like definitely not take for granted in Flagler County that we have. I think the citizens show very often how much they appreciate their law enforcement officers. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's just, all the time doing nice things for them. So yeah, it's like, it's the, like the biggest stuff you could ever criticize them for is still trivial. Like people like not everyone loves the green roof and sign, but it's like, if that's like, <laughs> if that's the worst problem with law enforcement, I think that's a pretty compared to how bad it could be. I think in other it's, places, it's awesome. 
it's that's that's a really good place to be when that's like one of the worst things to complain about. It, it just you know, it, I don't know. It has a way of, of making it okay with the citizens. You know what I mean? I mean, it, mm-hmm. obviously, it's not you know, it's not funny when you have to go there. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's just one of those things. Yeah, and it's not perfect. I don't want to belittle anyone who maybe ever had like a, a negative experience, but as a general rule. I think you can look at how bad it could get and appreciate that we're not that. Oh gosh, no. We're 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 better off than, than some communities are. Some some communities have generally like lousy like law enforcement setups. Or they have high crime, you know? I mean, if you yeah, grow that, up in a big city and you and somebody says they're gonna pull a gun on you and you know they literally are going to pull a gun on you. You know, here we don't have those kinds of people, you know, or if we do it's 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 rare. Mm-hmm. And that's Something that you know, we should never take for granted is the fact that our safety is a high priority for our law enforcement. We're, we're lucky in general, and that's one of the big draws of coming to live in Flagler County as a community is, is the fact that it's it's low crime. It was low when I when my parents moved us here, and it's been going down ever since. So it's yeah. it's, it's it really is a draw. Is it's not something you ever really have to be too worried about. So. Speaking of which, um, so you and I just saw each other the other day at the Palm Coast Arts Foundation event. And that's one thing I've noticed with you and the Flag of News Weekly. You guys are always so – is it just you, by the way? I keep saying you guys. All right, it's just you. So you, you're always so present at, like, community events, like positive things going beyond just covering crime and politics, which is kind of easy to fall into that rut, I think, as a news website because it is – you know, it, it, it's always the stuff that will get clicks and get discourse going. But um, how do you like keep a pulse on the community for like knowing about these events and just becoming familiarized? I mean, I just, I kind of know what's going on. I mean, I like to be connected to my community. Number one, my logo is a running man. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously. So, yeah. you know, and people ask me, why'd you choose that? And I'm like, well, I mean, if you want to cover the news and you want to be good at it, you have to always be on the run. Oh, I like that. You know, I mean, you do. And I really try not to miss anything, but I don't want to be where, you know, there's so much negativity and it's so easy to throw up a press release every single day about, you know, the crime that's happened or, you know, something horrible that happened at the city council meeting and all that stuff. And it's like, you know, there's already five guys covering all the really awful stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, that's just not me. I don't want to be that. I mean, if it's something like, that's what I guess why when I, I do actually cover something like that's hard news and really big people listen is because if it's, if it's bad enough to make me talk about it, you know, it might mm-hmm. be something really bad. And so people actually kind of listen because they're like, Whoa, cause she doesn't normally cover that kind of stuff. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, there's a lot of bad out there and they turn on the six o'clock news, the six thirty news and it's, it's all bad stuff, you know? Yeah. I, I like that. That's a good, I think a good way of looking at it. Like when I, before I got into news, like, you know, growing up, my, my, my parents would sometimes like be in, in the living room. And it's like, ah, oh, two people died on 95 today. I'm like, why did you announce that? Like, I don't want to know. It's, it, it's terrible. It it's is. like, there, there's obviously now on the other hand, I'm not saying it's not important, you know, to have that be known, but I, I, I like what you're saying. Like if it's being covered, if people are getting it, there's no reason for it to be everywhere. Like I, I like that there is one Flagger News Weekly where you can kind of look at that for a little bit less. 
of that yes. vibe. I think that's really valuable. You know, there's one section that I just put on there. It's called the rap sheet. And that's going to be like one story of, you know, maybe something bad that's going on. But the rest of it is like, there's so much good going on out there. Mm -hmm. I would rather be talking about what we're doing right. You know, the nitpicking over like the one thing that we're doing wrong. You know, like you said something the other day where somebody had said something negative to you. And that was, that was the one thing that you kind of like remembered. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's. I want people to talk about like some good stuff that we're doing here. Yeah. The negative is definitely easier to remember. I think that's just like human condition. Like it it sticks with you more. And definitely in this line of work, it's, it's like, it's hard to get out of that spot where you like uh, internalize the negative stuff, but it's, it's necessary. And that translates to consuming the news too, is you remember reading an article about some horrible accident or some terrible crime. And um, it's like, uh, in presenting the news in that way, you have like power because you can, you know, when you put that out there, like that does stick with people. And I think, yeah, like making an effort to offset it with enough good to, you know, make, make the news, not a dreary thing to read is like important. And it's a, an important responsibility. Well, it's like, I mean, just like when you're in school, you get an F, how many A's do you have to get to offset that F? A few, quite a few. Yeah. I mean, it it takes a lot of positivity to offset it, you know, but you're right about negativity sticking with you because just like the girl who's missing, whose fiance, um, you know, came back home without her. That's the thing that all of us are like thinking about, you know, it's like, what happened to that girl? So Mm -hmm. of course it's about, you know, generating interest and getting people aware of what's going on, but it doesn't have to be like, you know, the end all be all of everything we talk about. Mm Mm-hmm. So what are some of your favorite community events that you've been to since you've been doing Fargo News Weekly? Uh, the cool, oh, since Fargo News Weekly? Okay. Um, you can go further back or something like really good. The coolest thing that happened to me, I think, was uh, when I first started working with WNZF News Radio, they uh, did this thing called Rock and Rib Fest, and they brought in the guy from Jefferson Starship. And really? it was the first time I was ever starstruck. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it was like crazy cool. And then one time I got to go in and um, they were doing a presidential Republican debate up at UNF. Mm. And I was able to get into the spin room and interview some like top national figures. What year was this? Uh, 12. When you Romney, got to meet Mitt Romney? Dude, no, I got to meet uh, Tim Pawlenty. I got to meet, um, there's Ron, a bunch of other ones. but Ron it, Paul? No, oh. no, but the kids were out there talking about Ron Paul, Ron Paul revolution. It was amazing. <laughs> you know, I love politics and that's the one thing like I just light up because I just, I love politics. It's so amazing and it's oh, so yeah. much fun. It's a certain kind of breed of person like us that, <laughs> that loves politics. It may, it may be, it's a sickness. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, I, in that way, like I'm the worst person to go on a long car ride with. Cause I'm just like rambling on about stuff like i i like i know it's for most people it's like so like uh, i don't even want to like think about it but for me it's like <laughs> ah it's interesting i love it do you watch like the west wing no 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 oh that was such a good politics show no and, i ah. i deal with politics like in real life you know what i mean watching that stuff gives me like a, a brain freeze <laughs> really huh like no. i i just got done binging it for the first time like i don't i don't i can't i don't even compartmentalize like when i'm done writing about politics i go watch the West Wing. I'm doing House of Cards now. Oh my gosh! No, we're watching Peaky Blinders. Have you seen that? I know what it is. I haven't seen it. I know oh. it's Cillian Murphy, who's an amazing actor. It is so good. 
I mean, we have been just like nonstop on that. Yeah. You know, and then we did like the, we like Supernatural. Yeah. Have you ever seen that? I think, I think I've seen it like once. I know what it is. Yeah. I haven't seen enough TV in general. No, it's kind of cool. Well, we actually got into some of these when, you know, everybody was home with COVID. Yeah. That's a good time to get that done. Like I showed my dad Daredevil in COVID, which is one of my favorite shows of all time. As a, as a huge Marvel nerd, of course. Well, my kid liked, she likes The Punisher. And then yep, the, the other one made us watch all the Marvel shows. There was like, how many movies? 12 of them or something? By now, Marvel, they're like in the 20s. It was a ridiculous number. We had to watch them, like, just everyone. And they, we would watch them in, in the order in which they were supposed to be happening, you know. because it's Timeline really order, not release order? Yeah. So, like, starting out with that Captain America movie in World War II, and then... No, it's no. So, it was... And then Captain Marvel, which is in, like, the 90s. We had to watch every single one of them. I don't know what order they had to. That's an honor. Well, you know. (laughs) I've seen all of them, like, multiple times now. I haven't seen Shang-Chi, though, the new one. I really want to. Well, it all started with Endgame, because my daughter was like, she went to go see it, she came home, she was devastated, Mm. and she's like, I would watch it again. It was just so good. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. But then she got us watching uh, The Vampire Diaries. Have you ever seen those shows? I know what it is. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I I, I uh, combated against it. I said, I'm not going to watch that ever. And then she got us watching it, and then we loved it. It was so good. Mm-hmm. It's really weird. You know, the things that I guess they kind of get you out of the everyday what you have to deal with in reality. Yeah. Ways you know. to just, like, escape from it. Yeah. Just for a second, you know. I really should have knocked out more TV shows. Why? Like, all right. So, number one, I had COVID in November. And when Ooh. I was in quarantine, I went through, like, all of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. All of it. Start to finish. I was watching like eight episodes a day. <laughs> just powering through it in isolation. Because like when I when an episode ended, it's not like I could turn and do anything else. Right? <laughs> I had nothing else to do in there. So, so you're kind of like police and, and politics, right? I mean, that wasn't like, like... I don't really watch a ton of cop shows in general. I've never seen like Law & Order, Blue Blood, stuff like that. That was just... I watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine for the comedy. Not so much like the, the police specifically, but that like, I love Andy Samberg. I love Terry Crews. I have never seen the show. You've never seen it? No. Oh, it's so funny. It's like the same, like if you like the office and if you like parks and recreation, you would almost definitely love Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It's the same type of humor. I like Superstore. I know what Superstore is. I, seen it. <laughs> I know I've said it like eight times now. I've seen clips of it before, like on YouTube. I've never actually watched the show. It's hilarious. I've never seen The Good Place either. That's one people keep telling me to watch. I've seen that one. Do you know what it is? No. It's made by like the same guy that made The Office and Parks and Rec. But oh. I don't I don't know much else about it. I think it has something to do with the, like, the main character like going to heaven. And heaven is like cited, like the setting. Oh. I can be way off on that. That's like what I think someone told me about it. Which is an interesting premise, but I haven't I haven't seen it. You know, when I get I have to work a lot, you know, and I have multiple stories I need to write, I click on Ariel America. Have you ever seen that? Mm-mm. It is incredible. It's an hour long of a, a state from an aerial perspective. Oh, like oh yeah, I've seen that. It is yeah. just oh, it is so relaxing and it's super wonderful. You know it's weird? I get like bored by that. I don't know why. Like I know it's so cool. I might have like ADHD. <laughs> Maybe it's- I I watch it and it's like like entertaining for like 45 seconds. Oh my gosh. I love it. And it is really pretty though. Calming. I'm not bad enough it. Yeah, because then they went on to Aerial Greece and then they're, you know, Aerial Africa. And so it's oh, been like some really cool, cool 
perspective on the world. I'll but do that on like Google Maps. Speaking like Google of Earth. aerial and, and history stuff, um, A1A has our super scenic garage sale coming up. 150 miles. And it starts in Fernandina Beach, almost at the state line. And it goes all the way to Ponce Inlet. It's wow. on November. Yeah, November 20th. What do you, it's like a garage sale? Mm-hmm. Is there like a bunch of people are having garage sales concurrently? Oh. Yeah. Like everybody along the byway thought it was National Garage Sale Day because we yeah. do it every year and they know mm-hmm. it's coming. It's actually a fundraiser for A1A. It's uh, $25 mm-hmm. to participate and it, you know, it helps us pay for advertising and the signage. Yeah. Uh, but it it's it's a really amazing way to bring the community together. What day was it did you say? November 20th. November 20th. Everybody remember that if you are a garage sale enthusiast. Check it out. ScenicA1A.org. You can sign up online. We've got community sites. Uh, all up and down the byway. So if you don't live on A1A, you can bring your junk and we will uh, get you a place to set it up. And then we do our, um, our Spoonbills and Sprockets cycling event that's moved to the spring. We usually do it in November. Oh, what yeah. was that? So it's a bike ride, uh, 172, 36 or 15 miles along A1A. I choose 15. <laughs> Dude, I ride around the block and I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but we have some hardcore cyclists. We get a really cool medal, a beautiful jersey. Uh, the jersey is designed by Carla Klein. You know, we try to use a okay. local artist to design the the jersey. So it's it's really got some – they feel like they're getting us when they leave. Mm-hmm. And then we've got um, our state and national conference coming up in St. Augustine in April. So people can come and learn about the byways and tourism and travel and all kinds of really cool stuff. Huh, that sounds really interesting. I'll have it to uh... – have to stay updated on your guys' website about that. Yeah, check it out. Tomorrow's the International Coastal Cleanup, so we're it'll it'll have been a couple of days ago when this airs. Yeah, keep in mind. So we'll say um, two days ago. Is that when it comes out? Monday. Monday. Yeah. So Saturday we had the International Coastal Cleanup um, mm-hmm. with locations all up and down from Ponte Vedra all the way to Fogger Beach. Very cool. All right, so there you go, guys. There's something to um, go check out from this interview. But, Danielle, thank <laughs> you so much for coming on. That was a great conversation, and uh, I learned a lot. I a lot of stuff did. I didn't know, especially about, like, the history of, a, of A1A and uh, all these haunted places. It's pretty cool. Check. Don't forget to check out Top Shelf Florida Quarterly in October and Flagger News Weekly Daily. All right. Thanks a bunch. Thank you. Thank you.